your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back to our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here's the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, facing unemployment and what that's like. And we're going to go through the thought processes, the the issues that we go through, and then we'll talk about how to get reemployed in this uh, in this episode. So, you know, personality changes do take place when people get uh, laid off from their jobs or are unemployed. You know, unemployment can really change a person's core personality. It can make people less contentious, agreeable, and more open. It may make it difficult for them to find new jobs, and uh, this is something that is extremely important to understand, that there is a way to be unemployed, and there is a way to be unemployed. And so, you know, researchers looked at the personality traits, and they said that, you know, people are more conscientious. Uh, They looked at uh, neuroticism, agreeableness, extroversion, and openness. And when they did that research, they found that men experienced increased agreeableness during the first two years of unemployment compared to men who never lost their jobs. But after two years, the agreeableness levels of the unemployed men began to diminish, and in the long run, were lower than those of men with jobs. So for women, agreeableness instantly declined with each year of unemployment. So in uh, early unemployment stages, there are many incentives for individuals to behave agreeably in an effort to secure another job and placate those around them, and, and that's what the researchers looked into. But in later years, when the situation becomes epi- endemic, the incentives sometimes weaken. So with respect to conscien- conscientiousness, the longer men spent without jobs, the larger their reduction in this trait was. And this is a, a, by the uh, American Psychological Association, by the way. That's where I'm, I'm quoting all, some of this from. And also, uh, women became more conscientious in the early and late stages of unemployment, but experienced a slump in the middle of the study period. So researchers theorize that women may have regained some conscientiousness by pursuing non-work-related activities traditionally associated with their gender, such as uh, caregiving. Unemployed men showed steady levels of openness in their first year of joblessness, but the levels decreased the longer they were unemployed. And so women, in contrast, show sharp reductions in openness in the second and third years of unemployment, but rebound near the fourth year, and that is according to this study. The study also suggested that the effect of unemployment across society is more than just an economic concern. The unemployed may be uh, unfairly uh, stigmatized as a result of unavoidable uh, personality changes and and potentially creating a, a downward cycle of difficulty in the labor market. So public policy has a key role in playing preventing adverse personality change in society for both the unemployed rates and the greater support of the unemployed. So police, you know, to reduce unemployment are therefore vital not only to protect the economy, but to all policies, sorry, uh, to reduce unemployment are therefore vital not only to protect the economy, but also to enable positive personalities uh, for the individuals. Now, shame often comes with unemployment. Uh, for instance, in Tokyo, uh, it, it's, it's understood that businessmen often get dressed up in the early morning in their suits 
They leave their apartments. They take a train to another part of the city where they sit in a park all day until they can return home. They don't want anyone to know that they're unemployed. And for many, this is a sense of shame of, of a personal failure, since that everyone can see that they don't have a job and that everyone is judging them. But people think it's like I am wearing a sign around my neck, unemployed, failure, unwanted. So, Sam, you know, there's things you can do to help yourself. Uh, you know, normalizing unemployment, you know, it's a normal condition, but there's millions of people unemployed. You know, it, if you think about it, if you're going to work for somebody else, you're always going to be on the chopping block, whether you're best friends with them or whatever, you know, whether it's a small business, a big business, businesses operate off profit. If they don't make profit, they cut where they can cut. And it's not a very personal uh, matter. You know, loyalty used to be a value of the American economy. But as the economy went through uh, crashes in the 70s and so on, and even in the 30s, People became disposable, and at that point, uh, we understand that employers are not loyal, and uh, they, you know, they do not have to guarantee security for us anymore. And so we have become very dependent on our employers and have to behave in certain ways. There's so many guidelines and policies in companies about behavior, and, and we have to understand that we have to cater to our employers, and we have to be very careful how we talk in our employers. And so many people uh, will take their job for granted, but I will tell you, you're always on the chopping block, whether it's a, a public uh, uh, business, a uh, political business, a private business, whatever it is, you're always, your value is what you're judged by. You know, and it, it's hard to uh, really cope. But seldom some, uh, something anyone internationally uh, intentionally wants. In fact, at any time in history, the job market is very fluid. So we have to understand we're in a, a global economy. So people are always in and out uh, and in between jobs. Some people are shifting from one job to another. Many employers have gotten smart and they've trained people on several different levels of work so that they can work uh, in parts of the business that may not be responsing and may not be making a profit so they can transfer over to a different department and actually work in an entirely different job. And that's very, that's very smart and that's very helpful for people because it trains them on all kinds of different things. But the truth is uh, people will have at least four career jobs on the average, and this is in the United States, on the average four career jobs uh, in their life. Four career jobs. So to think that they're going to stay with one employer on the average is a very foolish thing to do. So you always want to keep yourself trained, educated, and, and focused. Also, networks. Uh, people have to do a better job networking. I'm not talking about Facebook. I'm talking about getting out there and meeting people that are successful in business, successful in the field you're in. Because if you do that and you mix up with those people, you have a better shot at pr uh, providing the groundwork for another job later on. And the more people you know, the more helpful uh, you're d doing yourself a favor because you're giving yourself a chance if anything ever happens with your uh, employment. Also, you know, don't assume that everybody's a critic. A lot of people empathize with the fact that you are unemployed. I mean, when people are unemployed, it doesn't mean they have cooties. It just means that they didn't fit in the job or the company's not doing well. And, uh, it, you know, once again, people are disposable. So the other thing is you want to do is you want to take back your life. 
you know, locking yourself in a house or in your room, feeling ashamed about it, you know, is is a normal thing. But you got to get out there, and, and you want to keep in mind that unemployment is a normal part of life. Being unemployed is not a crime or a moral failing. Feeling ashamed of economic conditions is like blaming yourself for the economy. You didn't cause it. You didn't control it. Bad things happen, and uh, good things will happen if you keep investing in yourself. And you don't want to assume that people will judge you. You know that's part of the past. More people are getting laid off today. More people are working jobs that they weren't trained for today because they have to. Also, here's some very important information because if you look at uh, – this was done by a, a Georgetown University uh, Center on Education and the Workforce, and it was pulled from the U.S. Census Bureau statistics. But there's several degrees that do not help people. You know, um, number one, the number one degree that does not help people is clinical psychology. That's right, clinical psychology. 19.5% unemployment is out there for clinical psychology. Also, uh, miscellaneous fine arts, 16.2%. And these are people that pursue college degrees in these areas. Uh, United States history, 15.1%. Library science, 15%. Military technologies, educational psychology, 10.9%. Architecture, 10.6%. Industrial and organized psychology, 10.4%. Any kind of psychology, 10.3%. Linguistics and comparative literature, 10.2%. Uh, engineering and industrial management, 9.2%. Social psychology, 8.8%. Uh, international business, 85 Humanities, 8.4. Social Sciences, 8.2. Studio Art, 8%. Commercial Art, Graphic Design, 8.1. Pre-Law and Legal Studies, 7.9. Philosophy and Religious Studies and Neuroscience, all tied at 7.2%. Journalism and Sociology, 7%. These statistics are so important because this tells you what not to do. You know, you may have a passion for psychology, you may have a passion for, for architecture, but you need to be very focused with your education on what area you specific want to go into. Otherwise, you're throwing money out the door when you're going for these degrees. And why is the curse, what, you know, what is this curse on the psychology major? Five of the college majors with the worst jobs uh, prospects on this list are related to psychology. Ironically, psychology is the fifth most popular college degree out there. So, you know, it's just amazing that people don't research a degree. They just go into it because they think that's what they want to do. You know, you really seriously have to match up is what I want to do economically feasible? Am I, am I good at what I'm looking at or am I just doing it for me? Um, also, coping with the job loss, you know, getting back to that, you want to uh, understand that beyond the loss of income, uh, losing a job also comes with other losses, and that is the loss of your uh, professional identity. There is the uh, low self-esteem and self-confidence that your daily routine is thrown out the door, loss of purposeful activities, loss of your work-based social network, and the loss of your sense of security. So, you know, grief is a normal process after a job loss, and actually seeking counseling is not a bad idea. Um, you you want to try to accept these feelings and go on about replacing this uh, this identity, the self-esteem, and daily routine, and improving on those things. So you know, don't take refuge in a cave. You know, don't don't hide yourself from other people. You want to build new friendships. 
You want to join a job club so you have hope uh, where other people are finding resources. You want to network for new un- new pl- new employment. You also want to volunteer in areas that are helpful to what you want to do. You, you want to open up to your family. Uh, you want to seek training in other areas that you're interested in because you may end up finding that there's another career that suits you better than the one you're in. But also, you've got to make time for family fun, and that doesn't mean you spend money, but going to the park, you know. Also, children need to have something to do when their parents lose a job. So, you know, they're deeply affected by this, especially from the income perspective, but also they want to know how they can participate. So, you know, they have ways that they can help maybe by saving money uh, so they can be a part of it. And, and it's also important that kids understand that it is not their fault because they often think everything is their fault. And so you need to have a conversation with them that that has nothing to do with it. This is simply a business and it's made, they made a business decision. Also, uh, children need to feel once again that they're helping. And so you want to be right there with them and assisting them and, and, and letting them know that, that we're all in this together. And when you get a job, they're a part of you getting a job. And that, that's a really important aspect uh, to, to this uh, searching. Okay. Now, um, let's look at something here real simple. I'm also looking at the idea that uh, you, what your diet has to look like. You know, diet is huge. And when you're unemployed, um, basically what happens is, is that you eat a lot of carbs and you eat a lot of sugar because they give you comfort. And so you really want to minimize the sugar and the refined carbs. Also, you want to reduce your intake of foods that can affect your mood because you're you're in a depressed state uh, oftentimes when you're unemployed. And if you're stocking up on sugar and carbs, you're going to make yourself feel lazy and not motivated. It affects the way your brain operates. And so you uh, want to also get in the way of things like caffeine and trans fats and foods with high levels of chemical preservatives or hormones because these type of things do affect your thinking. They get in the way of how clearly you think, also your body. If you don't take care of your body when you're unemployed, that means you're not taking care of yourself and you have a harder time getting a job because you, if you can't take care of yourself, uh, employers oftentimes we'll take a look and go, wow, I don't want to be a part of that. So they want to have somebody that loves themselves. So you want to take time to get in shape. You, you also want to eat more uh, omega-3 fatty acids. That, that those things give your mood a boost. And you also want to avoid nicotine. Smoking when you're feeling stressed may seem calming, but nicotine is a very powerful stimulant that leads to higher, not lower, levels of anxiety. Also, a lot of people will drink alcohol while they're unemployed. And I'm sorry, but, you know, it reduces your worry, but also uh, once it wears off, causes greater anxiety. So coping with job loss and unemployment is very important to take care of yourself. And also um, maintaining balance, you know, maintaining balance. Get your job search ready. Give it the time it needs. Make it your profession, but also make it fun and relax, take it easy, you know, rest well, sleep seven to eight hours a day so your body and your brain are fully prepared for interviews, fully prepared for networking, and fully prepared to guide you towards getting a job. You know, you want to keep a daily routine. You know, the, the best thing to do is treat yourself like a job 
with a daily start and end time with regular times for exercise and networking. And you want to set that schedule. You also want to create a job search plan so you avoid getting overwhelmed by big goals and to, you break it up in small, manageable steps. And, and another thing is, you know, it's so hard to stay motivated. So you want to list your positives and, and remind yourself of what you're good at. What are your personality traits are? What have been your accomplishments? What have been your successes? Write down projects you've, you've been proud of and situations where you excelled and things you're good at. And you revisit this list often so you remind yourself of these qualities in you. And you want to only focus on the things you can control. You can't control whether or not someone's going to hire you, but you can control how you present yourself. You can control thanking them. You can control being somebody that is calm, uh, somebody that is uh, adult-like and intelligent. You know, you can control what you present, and that first impression is so, so important. You know, so you want to stay on task when you're looking for a job. You want to not get involved in negative thoughts and feelings. And it's really important during that time to build your relationships with other people and to make sure that those are strong so you have a support system. All right, we're talking about how to stay healthy, but we're also going to go into finances a little bit, and then we're going to go into gearing up for a career change. We're going to take a quick break and come back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California, but he is here to help you no matter where you are. Visit drgbmft.com. You can schedule an appointment with Dr. Bell, and many major health insurance plans are accepted. Call or text Dr. Bell today at 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com. Dr. Bell could help you take back your life in four to eight carefully constructed sessions. Stop coping and start living in the now. Call 951-818-7856 or visit drgbmft.com today. encouraged and connected on our lively award-winning healthy living power hour star style be the star you are with hosts cynthia bryan and heather Brittany. live every wednesday at 4 p.m pacific on the voice america empowerment channel tune in to the power party for positive uplifting life-changing talk radio visit starstyleradio.com It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. 
Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back. We're talking about uh, facing unemployment. And, you know, it's, it takes for a certain type of psychology to deal with unemployment. And it's very important to oftentimes seek support and counseling. So, you know, when you're unemployed and you become unemployed, it is critical for you to not be prideful. It is very important uh, that you look at your mm-hmm. network of family, your friends, your acquaintances who can help find employment. Because oftentimes your friends and family are more likely to work harder for you to find employment than random strangers who read your resume and websites with with employment agencies. You know, the more people who know about your situation, the more support you'll have from these willing to go the extra mile and provide you assistance. You know, warm referrals are incredible. You know, placing resumes directly into the hands of people who can make hiring decisions is incredible. Positioning yourself with people who are in the industry is extremely important. Also, constantly monitoring the employment scene, you're more likely to uh, get employed in your future. So in addition, using social networking sites like LinkedIn and Facebook and MySpace can magnify your outreach to others who can assist you in your search. And so it is so important to go down that direction. The other thing that it's surprising, a lot of people do not file for unemployment benefits. You know, there's some unemployed people who, who are so delusioned and embarrassed by their situation that they just don't do it. And so, you know, there are measures that a recent stimulus bill, federal bill, that is designed to help those who've lost their jobs. And here's some of the things that added to unemployment. Lengthening the period which people can be eligible for unemployment benefits. Suspending the taxation of benefits up to $2,400. Providing a 65% subsidy to cover COBRA health insurance premiums for up to nine months. And also increasing the maxim, uh, maximum monthly food stamp benefit by 3%. So these are things that have added to the benefits of unemployment. And that is a great thing. You know, having a job is better than having no job, you know, because it, it, that's a great thing to have. I mean, it's, it's wonderful. But when you're unemployed, that is a job also. And you've got to look at it that way. And also, don't be afraid to be underemployed. You know, if you need to get a job that is a Band-Aid between this job and the next job, get one. But also make sure it doesn't get completely in the way of your family, of yourself, and your ability to look for a job. You want to make sure that looking for a job is the job that you have. An underemployed job is a secondary job getting you to the next one. And some people find that the un- underemployed uh, work, and what I mean by underemployed is when your skills are much higher than the job you have, when you're in that kind of position, sometimes you find that you enjoy it and you can adjust to a lifestyle that, that gives you that. You know, here in America, we work to live. And, uh, excuse me, we live to work. We live, literally live to work in, a, in the philosophy of the Americans. And around the world, they work to live. Uh, even in France, I believe their average weekly hours of employment is somewhere around 30 to 32. Um, that's, that's how many hours they work because their job is not the center of their life. And so when you're getting unemployment or when you're in the unemployment situation – you also want to get cheap. You know, you want to cut down on, uh, you know, everything that is not needed. And there is a huge difference between needs and wants. And you have got to begin understanding what is a need and what is a want and finding ways to cut that money down. And you'll be surprised 
how much you can chop out of a budget. And you would also be surprised that if you do find a job that pays you what you were making before or more, you're going to appreciate that money a whole lot more and probably not find yourself buying everything you want instead of need. You also uh, need to stay healthy, like I said. You know, uh, even with the 65% COBRA subsidy from the government, maintaining health insurance can be very costly. But uh, whether you maintain health insurance or not, it's also very important that you're taking a precaution to, to remain healthy. So that means you eat more healthy foods and less junk. And, and by the way, here in America, we stock up on food like, like it's going to be the end of uh, the world. And, you know, our fridges are often packed with food and our freezers and all that stuff. But, you know, in Europe, it's amazing if you ever visit there, many of these countries, especially in the large cities, people have very dinky little refrigerators. And the reason is because is they shop for their food every day. They, they, they live, they, they go to the grocery on their way home, they pick up a few things for dinner, and they eat. And so they don't have uh, stockpiles of food. And so when you're unemployed, it's often a good idea to kind of work from the sense of uh, not going out and shopping for one big uh, $300 uh, you know, grocery bill, but actually just shopping per day or finding a source where you can get really good deals. Also, you know, it's if you're unemployed, it is really healthy to not dig into that 401k or any investments that you have if you can possibly do that. If you can create a life where you don't do that, then you don't feel like you're losing a whole lot of momentum. But at the same time, don't make investment a priority. That should not be a priority while you're unemployed if you're not bringing an income in. And I'm talking to the average middle class to lower middle class and and obviously poor uh, folks uh, out there. You know, you also want to decide which bills you're going to pay first. You don't want to have uh, bills that are unimportant uh, in the front of the line when you can't pay your mortgage, but you're paying off your, you know, whatever bill from a clothing store or whatever. You want to have the companies that are the most important to you, that provide the most benefits to your life. Those bills should come first. And also, you might want to call your credit card companies and the various people you owe money and negotiate a payment plan. You also um, you want to ask yourself, have you checked your budget and cut all the luxury expenses and squeezed your dollars down? And, and do you have items around the house that you could consider selling? You know, it's not a bad idea to, to get a rummage sale or get something going, go on Craigslist or whatever, and put that stuff out there for sale. Also, um, people that are in desperate financial straits often get suckered into stupid jobs that uh, are all commission and don't really pay well and they don't pay as promised. So you want to be very careful about the employer uh, that you work for because many times they take advantage of people that they see are in desperate straits. The bottom line is have faith. Have faith. When faith enters, fear leaves. You've got to have faith that you're going to reach a better place and that life is a long process, and this is just where we are at right now. Okay, so you know, regardless of a uh, career change strategy, you don't want to make these mistakes. Don't look for a job in another field without some intense introspection. You know, There's nothing worse than leaping before you look. Make sure you're not escaping to a field that fits you just as poorly as your last be sure you uh, do a thorough self-assessment. 
And, and also, you don't look for hot fields unless they're a good fit for you. You wouldn't want to try to, to uh, squeeze into somebody else's clothes that may be much skinnier or heavier than you. You know, you want to try the field. People who are trying to help you will come along and do the equivalent of whispering things in your ears about some hot market, but that hot market may not necessarily be a good jump in the long run. And also, you don't want to go into a field because your friend is doing well in it. You know, your friend has a different personality, and those other personalities may not fit your possibility, your personality. And so what they do in that job may not fit how you do. So don't assume that if you jump in, you're going to be just as successful as they are. And many times people who are successful paint a bigger success than they actually are. Okay, and also you don't want to stick to possibilities you already know about. Stretch your perception of what what might work for you. You know, explore career fields and and learn from them, but also ask people that are in those fields how they perform, what they do, what the job is all about. Um, so that's why you want to continue to have people out there that you work with and you consult with. And also, never, when you get a job, never let money be a deciding factor. You know, there's not enough money in this world to make you happy if your job doesn't fit you. So workplace dissatisfaction and stress is the number one health problem for working adults. And, and you know, don't keep your dissatisfaction to yourself. Try to make the switch alone. Don't try to try make that switch alone. You know, it's time to talk to people. Uh, friends, family, colleagues, they get to know what's going on so they can be there as your moral support. And uh, also, a lot of people go to school after, when they're unemployed. And I'm, I'm sorry, but you know, you don't want to go um, to school unless you've done some test drives in that field. So if you're going to go and jump into a college degree or some kind of a specific degree that will help you get a job, it's never, ever, ever a good idea to not consult people that are already out there. And uh, you also uh, don't want to expect a, a shift overnight, and that is huge. A lot of people are so impatient, and they don't get out there, and they don't really uh, – they think if they got one great job interview, they're going to get that job, and if they don't get that job, all of a sudden they're, they're down and out. You know, you got to be resilient. You're going to be rejected probably more than 15 times uh, before you actually get a job. Now, you know, if we have to look at how to get a job – you want to look at all the things that will help you get a job. You know, you can save time by uh, looking on job boards. All the major job boards like uh, Indeed.com, SimplyHired.com, CareerBuilder, Monster, Dice have an advanced search option where you can search by keywords, locations, a radius of locations, a job title, a company, a type of job, date posted, all these other options. So if you're going to get on these simply hired indeed.coms, you want to know very specifically what you're looking for and use that advanced search options. You know, and don't apply for every job that you find is, you know, it's not a good idea. You focus your search on jobs that you're qualified for. You'll have a better chance of getting selected for an interview. Uh, sending out random resumes and cover letters is, is, is just a big waste of time. So before you start job hunting, take the time to decide what job you're seeking. And even better, come up with a target, like a list of companies that you'd like to work for and do your best to get noticed by those specific companies and make that your job rather than just mass applying for tons of jobs. Also, if you're going to get a job, don't, don't stop applying. While you're waiting to hear back from another employer, keep going. 
keep going out there. Once again, you're probably going to get rejected by over 15 employers on the average uh, before you get a job. So, and even if you do get accepted by the, uh, an employer, they may not be offering you a job that is conducive to you. It may have looked like it on paper, but it may not actually be that way. And also, you, you need a very specific cover letter or your resume may not get looked at. You know, you only have a few seconds uh, to, to get in front of a hiring manager and to get selected for an interview off of paper. So you really want to get specific in your cover letter. And the more knowledgeable you are about the job and the company, the better off you're going to be because you're talking their language. Um, and also, you don't need to include all your experience on your resume. Some people have three, four, five-page resumes, and that's that's ridiculous because, you know, if you've got, let's say, 40 years of experience, that's honorable. But you don't want to go into every little detail because you, what you're doing is you're selling yourself as a renaissance person rather than specifying down to what you're trying to get in a job. And also, you know, if you're going to be in a professional company, you need to dress professional. And that is at any level. You want to dress well. Um, people look at that and they know that if you take care of yourself, that you will take care of the business. Um, and so they, they look at that as self-esteem. They look at that as a healthy employee. They look at that as someone that is uh, someone they could gainfully employ. And also, uh, you can include, uh, and a lot of people don't do this, if they worked a part-time job, but that job offered them a skill that's relatable to what they want, you know, it is very good. Very good to put out there uh, your part-time job experience if that helped you. Now, here's some really human tips that are also very important. You want to be yourself. You don't want to be a nervous wreck. You just want to be yourself when you do try to get a job. And that means on paper and that means in person. And storytelling. And, and I'm not saying tell some hour-long story or half-hour story, but storytelling, if you relate it to a job or an experience or skills that you're trying to share with an employer, it is so important to tell a story around those specific skills and, and be able to answer questions relating to that story. And, and uh, please, if, if you're going to try to interview for a job, do not ever, no matter how well or how badly they, they treated you or let you go, don't talk negatively about a previous employer. That says a lot about someone, and that makes you unemployable the minute you start criticizing another employer. And also, it's really important to send a thank you note after a job interview. And also, once again, networking in the job market that you're looking for is critical, and that may mean volunteering in the job market you're looking for. Um, you know, references are a huge difference in getting hired. If you have good references, if you have strong references, the networking will build you that and hopefully get you to the point where you get some really, really good references that are commendable. And if you have big names on those, on those references, that's a huge, huge hit for you. And so you want to also get out there in front of people who are very successful in the field you're looking in and use those people as references. And, you know, lastly, it is so important to polish your shoes before you interview. Don't go in looking like a bum. Okay. We're going to talk about uh, search engines here. You know, we, we mentioned before the number one job site is Indeed.com. 
Uh, it's got millions of job listings from thousands of websites, including uh, a company career sites, jobs boards, uh, newspaper classifieds, associations, online sources of job postings. Users can also upload a resume and get a personalized uh, resume link to share with employers. So you find job search tips and discussion forums for that. And, and that is the number one job site, Indeed.com. You know, CareerBuilder is also another search engine that is very good. And uh, they provide job listings, resume postings. They give you advice, resources, and all that stuff. But also it, it secures job listings directly from employers and they also have expanded local listings from partnering with newspapers that have incorporated on classified. So they're more of a better on-time employer, meaning that the job is out there and it's still relevantly looking to be filled. You know, uh, there's another one called Dice, and it is uh, it's it's for people in technical jobs. Dice is a really good uh, place to go. They can uh, they can get salary information there. It also stores resume and it also tracks jobs. But once again, that's more in the technical uh, market, uh, the, the industries like uh, computers and things like that. You know, there's another one out there. It's called uh, Glassdoor, and it helps people find jobs and companies uh, recruit talent. So this is more of like a recruiter type of job site. But it's also a very, very good site to get yourself on if you're looking out for a job. And also there's a premier uh, clearinghouse on uh, full-time internships and volunteer positions, and, and that is called Idealist. And uh, you can target organizations and get their missions and the specific types of opportunities that they give you. Uh, but this is, once again, uh, for, for full-time internship and volunteer positions. And so this is something more for the nonprofit world. You know, LinkedIn also connects many people together and, and makes people more productive. It, it is a professional network on the Internet, and you can search for jobs. You can identify contacts at employers, advertising agencies. You can also uh, uh, follow companies that are, have an interest in LinkedIn, and they can incorporate uh, portfolio samples in their profile to showcase your offerings uh, to prospective employers. And so it really works well. LinkedIn works well for strong candidates that are conducting a passive job search um, when they want their employers to, to find them. And if you want to avoid spam and scams and duplicate job listings, uh, LinkUp is a job site for you. It monitors uh, uh, career uh, websites and provides information on jobs posted on company websites. So that is a really good way to avoid uh, um, finding duplicates, scams, and spam. Also, Monster was one of the original uh, search engines for jobs. And it's still a very, very strong hitter in this market, and it does provide a lot of information. And Simply Hired operates on one of the world's largest search engine, and it also connects job seekers and employers through that search engine. That platform aggregates jobs from newspapers, employer websites, job boards. So it's another very powerful search engine when you're looking for a job. We're going to talk about resumes coming up. We're going to take a quick break. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Do you like what you're hearing on the show today? Dr. Gary Bell wants to help you no matter where you are. He's fast, efficient, effective, and has a no-bull approach to helping you in less than 10 sessions. If you're ready to change right now, drop everything and call or text Dr. Bell at 951-818-7856. 
or visit drgbmft.com today. You can also follow Dr. Bell on Twitter at drgbmft for some great insight and direction. Are you ready? Make that change. Pick up the phone or go to the site, 951-818-7856 or drgbmft.com. Remember, drgbmft.com. The Compassionate Life is about just that. There are so many human beings who have made a name for themselves by being humanitarians. They have become individuals who are known for being selfless, kind, and compassionate. Host Dr. Brittany King is also one of these humanitarians. Each week, she shares stories of kindness that she has experienced throughout the world, both as a contributor and recipient of these acts of love and kindness. Listen every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it'll take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at svcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Okay, welcome back, everybody. We're, we're really uh, trying to get into being more constructive about being unemployment. We're talking about facing unemployment and the things you should do, uh, not only to take care of yourself, but also to get out back in the job market. You know, resumes are huge. And in your resume, the number one rule is to... Uh, you should be turning in a different version for each role you apply to tailored and targeted to a specific employer and a specific position. You know, your resume should demonstrate that you have very set specific job skills, experience and accomplishments that are necessary to the job you're going after, not just a, a general set of things that you just throw out there to every job. You know, make it easy for a hiring manager to see why you're the right fit. And that is the number one thing that a lot of people don't do. They do these mass uh, uh, going out, trying to apply to a million jobs with the same resume, and what you're going to find is nobody, and I mean nobody, is going to read it. Um, you know. Also, you don't want to freak out if you don't have any relevant experience, and a lot of people do freak out and when they're unemployed, especially if they're fresh out of college or switching to a new industry. But you can bolster your work experience by listing your transferable skills and also uh, some of the projects you worked on in school and also the relevant coursework that you've done. What you want to show is you're able to complete. You're able to do things and take responsibility and you're able to complete tasks that are difficult. You know, anything hard makes life easier. So you want to think in terms of doing hard things and what you did to accomplish those things. You know, you also want to optimize uh, optimize uh, tracking systems. You know, many large organizations and even some small ones use a- applicant tracking systems to weed out unqualified applicants. So the system will scan your resume for contextual keywords and phrases, and then they'll they'll actually do mathematical scoring for the relevance, and they will send only the most qualified ones for human review. So these are done 
actually by software. So you have to realize if you don't cater that resume, you're going to be weeded out by a computer. And uh, so you have to understand you've got to have those keywords in there that are going to wake up that computer system and at least get you to a human review. You know, um, don't steal a job's uh, exact wording in your resume because they'll know that when they know what they put out there uh, for, for you to apply for the job. You know, so if it said that you uh, have diverse knowledge of programming languages and all that things that they're asked for, use words like that around the programming language or whatever it is. But you don't want to use the same phraseology that is in the application. That's not a good idea. Once again, those are kind of resumes they're going to weed out because they're thinking you're pandering to them. And, uh, you know, you also want to use data. You know, they love reading uh, bullet points with numbers, you know, increase sales by 300 percent. And, uh, you know, that is that's going to catch anybody's eye because that's business that brings in income. If you can bring in income, that's huge for them. So, you know, using numbers and accomplishments is a great thing to do on a resume. And also, you don't want to include anything confidential, you know, uh, this seems like a no-brainer, but if you had confidential information and you're revealing that in a resume or in a cover letter, what you're basically telling the employer is you you are you can't handle private information, you're not responsible, so they're gonna box you out of that job in a heartbeat. You know, also you don't want to include obvious skills. You know that that's stupid. You know that I know how to use Microsoft Word or the internet or. Uh, you know, don't don't burn your your resume space on stupid skills that that are taken for granted these days. And also, um, once again, you want to consider volunteer or non-work experience on your resume. If that is valuable experience to you, if it's something that is possibly uh, noticeable and and performs a job skill that is needed for the job you're looking for, get it out there. And sometimes you're going to find that employers actually contribute to those nonprofit organizations, or maybe some people also volunteer doing the same thing that you're doing. And so uh, that can be very, very helpful. Um, you also don't want to include work with uh, controversial organizations. So if you, you worked with a controversial organization, uh, an organization where people are going to have varied opinions about it, it's oftentimes not a good, job, a good idea to directly correlate yourself. You want to be fairly gener generic out there. And I, I'm sorry, but you know, prejudice hasn't gone away. So people, when you're out there, and I'm talking about all kinds of prejudice, but the, the deal is, is that you don't want to have a controversial employer on your resume. You just may want to refer to an employer uh, as as somebody that you worked for in your work experience, but don't directly put their name in there. And also, you want to include personal accomplishments because personal accomplishments means you have character. Personal accomplishments means you take pride and responsibility. And uh, here's another thing, you know, you don't want to include random, unrelated or off, you know, hobbies on your resume. That's kind of silly. It's a good thing in a conversation, but it's not a good thing on a resume. And, uh, you know, uh, you also want to go not go overboard because, you know, uh, anything that is uh, out there, you want to have it to be serious experience related to the job. Don't just put, you know, like I, I was babysitting in high school or whatever. That's not something that you want to have on the resume. Um, you want to use a, a very objective state, uh, statement when you're stating what you're searching for. You know, uh, you want to be very open and define in a very clear explanation what your transit that you're transitioning roles, and you want to have 
you have skills that are transferable and you want to open yourself up to what you feel would be important on when you're putting that statement together, why you feel you would be a good fit in their organization. And uh, also, you always tell the truth. You always tell the truth. I can't tell you how many times uh, people have falsified their resumes. That says a lot about character. That says a lot about integrity. And in this day and age, if somebody's going to invest money in your efforts and in you, uh, they don't want somebody that can't tell the truth. You know, truth is an adult uh, responsibility, and we all need to tell the truth. And in your resume, it is very important to be truthful. Even if it's ugly, you can tell the truth, and you'd be surprised how much people respect that. And also, if you're going to write a resume, let's say in English or in Spanish, uh, don't use Spanglish or don't use Spanish and English or whatever. You want to use very well-written uh, resume in the specific language that you're using. You don't want to, to use words that are awkward or strange. So that means you want people proofing your resume, looking through your resume, making sure that the words you're using are appropriate uh, for the market you're going into. And also, uh, you don't want to use negative phrases, you know, you, you, aggressive sales goals, fixed widespread company uh, communication problem, things like that. That's that's uh, frames things in a very negative light, and so when you use those negative phrases, that it says a lot about you. So you know, it also says that you're trying to puff yourself up. So you know, you don't want to put down projects that you worked on. What you want to say is how you contributed to getting those things done. Now, here's some powerful verbs you could use, like led, handled, managed, charted, administrated, consolidated, maximized. Those are very contributory type of words and very helpful. And also, people often forget on their resume to include their contact information. You know, that is pretty basic, but it's amazing how many people out there don't include their, their actual contact information. So you do want to make sure that that is always updated and accurate and, uh, and so they can get a hold of you. I mean, I can't believe out there that there are people that put wrong phone numbers, wrong addresses, wrong cities, whatever, on their resume, and uh, it's out there. But then, and also, you know, people do check LinkedIn, they do check Facebook, they check all kinds of places. And if your information is inconsistent with what's on your resume on those sites, uh, not a good thing. Not a good thing. It looks bad. And if you don't think employers go and look at your uh, social networking to see if the person that they interviewed is the person that they are, you're dead wrong. If you're going to be out there social networking, you want to be very careful what you put on those networks because they will be searched and they will find that information. So, you know, you need to be professional on social networking and you also need to be professional in your job search. And also, you want to uh, consider a digital or a creative resume. You know, uh, there's information, uh, infographics, data visualizations, videos, multimedia presentations can go a long way to show how innovative you are as a person. And, uh, you know, don't spend all your time on design, though. While making your resume look, look nice is very important, uh, job speakers, uh, oftentimes they see a very pretty resume, but it doesn't have a lot of content. So you want to have a balance between that. But if you use things like data visualizations, videos, multimedia, whatever, you're showing yourself that you're a very innovative person, and that will key you up to getting that employer's attention. And uh, you always want to start from a template when you're creating a resume. 
And you don't want to use more than two fonts on a resume, by the way, uh, because if you start mixing up fonts, it looks pretty ugly. And it shows that you're all over the place. So you don't want to do that. And also text effects. If you have a lot of text effects, uh, even if it's two fonts, and that means that you're dressing up a text bold, uh, italic, and you know, bigger, smaller, whatever, that's not always a good idea. You want to be professional and consistent. And you're going to find that you, you want to look out there and look for what is professional. And um, you also uh, do uh, want to swap resumes with people that are successful in their field because that will help you understand what got them a job. Now, there's things that you want to do when you're interviewing for a job and there's things you don't want to do. But what, the things that uh, you do want to do for an interview before you go is research the company and the position that you're applying for. If you do that, you've already made way into that employer. If you research common interview questions and practice your answers, really good idea. The other thing is you want to dress appropriately for the job you want. You want to be neatly groomed. You want to dress relatively conservative. And uh, breath mints, by the way, yes, because if you're sitting in any proximity, you don't want to stink like a mule, and you don't want your breath to blow them away. Uh, you want to, or your body odor. Uh, you want to map out how to get to the location before the interview and get there early, at least 10 minutes. You know, if something happens and you have to be late, phone the office as soon as you know that you're going to be running behind. You want to bring all the paperwork that they request to the interview, including your resume and application, references, identification, extra copies of your resume, your portfolio. You know, be polite. Be cordial to everybody you meet, but you never know whose opinion is going to count. You also want to have a firm handshake. Make eye contact when meeting people. And you want to repeat people's names to help you remember it. You want to maintain really good eye contact during an interview because that's how people read you. You also want to approach the interview with, with enthusiasm about the job, about the con uh, company. And you want to stress how you match that company and your achievements. You give detailed answers to questions. And when you're asked, and I can't tell you how many people will just walk around a question or use too many words. You want to be very, very straight and to the point. And, and when you ask for your opinion, give it. Give it because that's who you are. You know, if, if they ask you what's your biggest flaw, be intelligent and be honest about it. You know, uh, show off the research you've done about the company, the position, the industry with ample examples or educated questions. Don't go there and not have any questions. If you don't have any questions, that means that you may not be that interested in them or have done a lot of work around them. You want to have a set of questions for them. And you also want to get business cards from your interviewers and, and make at least a note of the correct spelling of their names. Write down notes after your interview so you don't forget things. And also you want a thank you card and evaluate the, the interviewer, the company, and the position uh, to make sure that is the right people for you. These are some interview tips and these are very important. And so uh, I'm hoping that those of you that are listening to this show that face unemployment, you are able to get something out of this. That's our show. Our next show is Conflict Avoidance. I want to thank everyone for listening. I'd love to hear from you. Get your feedback, drgbmft at sbcglobal.net or Twitter at drgbmft. Now remember, clowns are becoming scarce in this day and age. The good news is their next career has been successful, and that's running for Congress. Also, if, if you're a college student, you can always take time from stuttering for your finals to protest your upcoming unemployment. All right, that's our show. Thanks for listening. That's our show for this week. 
Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. We'll be right back. 